0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. Hello, hustlers, founders, investors, and startup enthusiasts. This is your guest host, Frank Keck, coming to you with a new series called Founder Fridays with Frank. It's a lot of Fs. We'll be exploring the challenges founders face on any given day, which will hopefully in turn help you and your business to grow in a healthy and productive way. For those of you that don't know me, and even those that you do, my name is Frank Keck. I am a workplace culture developer, and I founded a business called Core Build, a leadership development and training company. These days, a lot of corporations are contacting us to help support their company culture and leadership goals. And all that said, as an entrepreneur and founder myself, my heart is always with startups, which is exactly why I'm so excited to bring you these Founder Fridays with Frank episodes. You're in for a real treat as the first four guests. There's another F there, right? You had to pick four because it goes with all the other Fs in this. The first four guests in the series you likely know pretty well. They're the hosts of the Startup Hustle. We're putting these founders in the hot seat so you can learn more about them individually. Before I tell you who today's guest is, let me take a quick moment to thank FullScale for sponsoring today's podcast episode. Go learn how FullScale helps you build a winning software team quickly and affordably by visiting FullScale.io. And now, without further ado, let's welcome our first guest, in this four-part Founder Fridays with Frank series. And I found out that we're starting with the best looking host and podcaster of the bunch, Mr. Matt Watson. Matt, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Frank. I'm I'm pretty sure you're gonna tell everybody they're the best looking guests, though. Not just well,
0: I'm gonna them. I'm gonna come up with different affirmations for each <laughs> of you. So, <laughs> okay. So I, I don't know what we'll do with the others yet we will go some somewhere with them. Now I've got I've got some questions I want to ask you, Matt. But I was just kind of looking through some stuff. You've accomplished a lot in a short amount of time as the business person.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I've been an entrepreneur basically and a software developer for basically twenty years. Um, always been a tech, you know, product guy. I like to build products. Like to like to build things. And so, yeah, I started my first company when I was. Uh, in 2002 so i was like 21 years old then 20 years old whatever and um yeah we sold that in 2011 that was a company called vin solutions and i started a company called stackify and we sold that about 18 months ago and i'm also one of the co-founders of full scale which we started four years ago now i think okay um which you know has is, is done r- really well and um yeah, now I work for a company you mentioned earlier called Home and Local Services, but we actually just changed, they just changed their name. So it's actually called Camp Digital now. And, Camp um, Digital. Okay. Camp Digital. And uh, it was started um, by an ex-colleague uh, from Vin Solutions. So they recruited me to come help them um, kind of grow the business and help take it to the next level. So I'm I'm helping them on the, the technology and product side now. And, w- and what do you guys do over there? yeah so you know they have a they found an interesting niche um so actually we had uh there was vin solutions and there was an offspring of that that turned into a company called dealer teamwork right um which was a advertising software related to car dealers and so this company camp digital actually spun out of that so it's like a double spin out of vin solutions from originally which is kind of cool but um they, they took the same idea from dealer teamwork and uh but it's for home services so we're actually one of the largest like digital marketing companies in the United States for electricians, plumbers, hvac. It's oh, not wow. a, not a very sexy space, but uh, it's they they don't have a lot of technology and um, they they uh, really need what we do. We we actually have um, a patent pending on a really simple idea that is a big big deal. Um, you know, if you call like I actually literally this morning I called cuz my heater's not working cuz it's a little chilly here in Kansas City. And Most all transactions to like HVAC companies happen within 48 hours. If I call them and they're like, oh, we can't be there for two weeks, I just call somebody else, right? Yep. So it doesn't make any sense for them to spend $35 for a lead and they can't service the lead because the customer is going to hang up and call somebody else. So we have a really simple product. We just basically turn off their advertising uh, when they're at capacity, right? If their service technicians can't handle any more work for the week, we turn their ads off you know, we, huh. we dynamically change their ad. So it's a relatively simple idea that uh nobody was doing. And we basically have a patent pending on it. And it's, it's a pretty cool thing.
0: That is really, I mean, it's so simple. It's, it's a like, simple why thing. didn't somebody think of that? Right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, hats off to Katie Donovan, who's our CEO and the original founder that came up with the idea and we're, you know, working with some other, other people. And here, here they are four years later and they were on the Inc 500, one of the fastest growing companies in the United States and it's, uh, it's a, it's a cool story. So I'm glad to help them try and get them to the next level. So. Very
0: cool. That's, that's neat when you take something really simple. And I think that kind of ties into what we're talking about with culture and, and people and stuff, you know, sometimes it's the little things that make the biggest impacts. Yeah. And so like just taking a really simple idea, like, Hey, your your capacity is full. Let's turn that off. Yeah. That's like really simple. Yeah, right? so I love yep. that. Who would have thought? All right, are you ready for are you ready for some for some hot seat questions? Let's do it. All right, question number one: uh, How does it feel to be in the hot seat? Right. It feels so, typically, good. you're on this side of the microphone. Now, you're the one being asked all the questions. So, how you're is the gu- that so far?
1: Well, so if you're the guest host, am I the guest guest? You're the guest guest. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm the guest guest today. I like it. Yeah, how's it feel to be the guest
0: guest? It feels good. Any different than being the uh, the host or the?
1: It I don't know. Is it harder? I have to answer all the questions instead of ask the questions. Yeah. Well, now you now you have to actually like think. <laughs> right? You don't have it all. all the <laughs> questions right. written down. That's right. So
0: well, you're doing so far from my perspective. You're doing you're doing a, a fine job. So I'll give you an A so far. All right. So uh, so as a as a founder, so you're, you, you've done this several times, so you, you, you must be pretty good at it. And I'm sure that you've learned a lot. Um, but, but in your newest company or even with, um, uh, yeah, let's just stick with your newest, uh, your newest experience. What's the biggest challenge people wise for you right now?
1: Well, it's culture. I mean, you, you know, it sounds like you're an expert in culture and, um, You know, the company that I work at now is primarily based in Minneapolis and, um, you know, they've had their own own culture issues. And and actually, we had a meeting a couple of weeks ago, a management meeting about culture. Like there were some concerns about, you know, employees taking advantage of working from home and, Mm -hmm. you know, just just different things going on. And it's, it's, you know, the company is growing. I think we have like 60 employees, most of those in Minneapolis. I work remote, though. Right. Um, you know, and just frustrations like, Hey, nobody cleans up the kitchen and feels like just, you know, just different culture things. And some of it's, um, companies growing up and they hire a, a lot of younger kind of entry-level people. And, and there's been different challenges from culture and politics and all the different things these days with, with some of that. And so, yeah, culture is always interesting.
0: You know, it's, um, So I appreciate that answer. I was in Tampa yesterday working with another startup um, and helping them with their culture and they have a similar, similar challenge. And so one of the things that we did yesterday was we brought their people together. We did an exercise called a team charter. And really all it is, Matt, is just getting people to sit down and say, Hey, how do we want to work together? Right. And so talking about stuff and, and kind of going back to learning how to turn the advertising off. It's like the little things. It's kind of the same thing. Hey, let's talk about stuff before it becomes an issue. Yeah. Let's talk about the kitchen. Let's talk about what does respect look like? Let's talk about what does honesty look like? Let's talk about what's important to us. So, you know, we we get in such a hurry. Sometimes we forget about those little things, but it's those little things that make a huge difference um, as we go to work together.
1: Well, and and some of it, I feel like for us at our company, it could be... Um, it's how we hold people accountable. How do we know if they're working? How do we know if they're being productive? You know, when, when you're used to having a company that all works in an office and then everybody goes remote and now people are working from home one day a week, maybe two days a week, there's this perception that if I can't see somebody in their chair, I don't think they're getting anything accomplished. But that doesn't mean they're getting anything accomplished, even if they are sitting in the chair anyways. Right. Right. But, um, I feel like there's a lot of struggle for companies now that are trying to figure out this work from home thing where it's a mix. I feel like working from home for with a mix is hard. We had this issue at full scale, um, where it's like we were had, we were allowing employees like in our Kansas city office, even like to work from home one or two days a week. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I feel like, some some of us, I think some of them felt like, oh, when they were working from home, that was almost like their day off kind of thing, right? Like, where, where people are always in the office, or they're always at home, it's easier for them to feel like they're in work mode, right? But they but when they work from home one day a week, I think it's a little bit of different shift. And for some employees, I think they do struggle with it. They when that one day that they're at home, um, they may not get as much done, because uh, they're not used to working from home, or if they work from home all the time, it would be different
0: do you guys have conversations with people like, Hey, you're going to work from home. Let's talk about what that's going to be like.
1: Well, so, you know, I manage the engineering and product side of camp and, uh, it's so funny it's camp. Cause I always feel like when I say like, Oh, we're at camp, like, that's <laughs> uh, but, uh, and our mascots, a bear, like we were there. Yeah. They went full crazy with the camping thing, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm managing a group of engineers. And so at, at camp, we also use full scale or customer full scale. So, you know, half of our engineering team is remote anyways. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they've, uh, one of my engineers is in Boston. And so, I, I mean, I'm pretty much of the mindset, like all of our people are remote. Uh, they're all just, dist- you know, distributed anyway. So I don't really care that two of them are actually sitting in the office. It doesn't really matter to me. It's like everybody's remote. They just happen to be sitting in the office. Mm -hmm. Um, so my management style is a little different that way. Like, you know, and I have daily meetings with everybody and, and kind of keeping tabs on what are they doing and knowing, you know, feeling like they're making progress and all that kind of stuff. And, and software engineering, managing software engineering anyways, is hard because it's not like you're on an assembly line and I know you produce eight widgets a day or whatever, and you're hitting your numbers. Like with software engineering, it doesn't really work that way. Um, Somebody told me something funny the other day about construction, which I think relates directly to software development. He's like, you know, when you're working on a construction project, you're either 20 minutes from being done or 20 minutes from now, you're going to have three more days of work to do. (laughs) And in software engineering is kind of the same thing, right? Like anything can go wrong in the next 20 minutes is going to create like three more days worth of work of like, there's some new bug, some new problem, like I thought it was going to be easy to do this thing, but it ended up being a giant nightmare. Like, so software development is really difficult to kind of forecast how long it's going to do. And, and it feels like more like you're fighting a battle and, um, and you're just trying to see, are we making progress every day? Right. Like, it's, it's hard and you just get to know like certain employees make a lot more progress than others. And that's just as part of it as well.
0: Doesn't that kind of, uh, help you with your leadership style though? It's like, okay, so I know this person I need to check in on more, yeah. this one. I don't need to, if I follow, follow up more with this one, it's just going to slow them down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, that's why we have daily stand ups, right. Trying to check in with them and, and knowing their, how to manage those people, right. Knowing like I have to give them more direction. I have to tell them exactly what to do, how to do it. Um, and that's the thing that's hard about software engineering. Like I have one one guy on my team. He's working on a project that I know is going to take like two or three months. So it's, it's you know, just kind of checking in with him, making sure he's not stuck on something. But he knows what he needs to do. It's a really long-running thing, right? Right. Versus another guy, I gave a, a brand-new project today that I think he'll have done in two, two days, right? So then it's like I have to work with him a lot to make sure he understands it's a new project. What do I need to do? And I expect him to get it done pretty fast. Like so managing short versus long projects is also very different.
0: Well, and then two balancing, where do you spend your time? Right. Right. And okay, this guy's going to have it done in two days. This gal's going to have it done in two days. So I've got to have something ready for them to do next.
1: And that's that's another problem from managing a software team is queuing up the work, right? Is like, how do I, how do you keep like that? I almost feel like software development is really an assembly line, right? And it Mm -hmm. starts with, You know the the planning side of it, the requirements, design, all this stuff, breaking down the work, putting it in the queue, having the development team work on it. So, yeah, there's a lot of work that nobody nobody thinks about, and people don't spend enough time on on the design and requirement, the planning, all that kind of stuff. And so that's my challenge is like almost just in time delivery of like, okay, I got to keep queuing up the work next next Monday. They're gonna be ready for this thing. I got all this work to do. Like, it's a never ending battle, but it's good. That that means we're getting stuff done, right? It's like if I have to keep ensuring that the next project is ready. That's a good sign.
0: So you kind of, it sounds like you've figured out, okay, I've got to keep the assembly line moving. I've got to try to stay one to two to three steps ahead of everybody. Like what's coming next. So how, like having that mindset, Matt, going into it, how does, how has that changed, um, your, uh, interactions with people,
1: well, so I mean, a lot of my job is, is, you know, talking to the engineering team, but then also trying to be the translator between the engineering team and the business, right? Mm-hmm. As a technology leader, that's my job is to figure out um, what, what is the business need? What are the most important things we need to do? Trying to herd cats, get everybody to agree right. to what we need to do, all that kind of stuff, right? And then take that back to the engineering team and translate that to them and what that means from an architecture software design product was needed to do, you know, and, and the engineering nuts and bolts of stuff, right? Like I have to bridge that gap. And one of the reasons they brought me in is they were struggling with, um, some of the engineering stuff and what needed to be done. And they weren't making a lot of progress on some of the things they needed to do. They knew they needed to grow the team. Um, but when I started what they thought were their highest priority things that needed to be done after a week, I figured out were the least priority actually, and the things that were the most important that everybody was telling me were the most important, the things that were causing customers to leave reasons why they couldn't sign up new customers, like trying to understand from a product perspective, like what our weaknesses were, they weren't even a priority. And so, so I had to help them understand that and see that like, Hey guys, you you think this is your most important thing, but you keep telling me it's actually something totally different. So how did you figure that out? That's interesting. Uh, it's just, I have a knack for it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm one of the, I'm a software engineer at heart. Like I like building things and writing software and all that, but right. um, most software developers, uh, and this is like very stereotypically speaking, don't necessarily have a lot of common sense or look for things at like a user experience perspective or think mm-hmm. about things at a high level. They're, they're usually very in the weeds, writing code, right. you know, very logical, very over logically kind of people usually. Um, but I've, I've always been, been good at trying to, um, relate that back to the user and the business and the product and understand all that. And, and, and I actually can probably think my, my first job I ever had for that because I was forced to do those things. Like I had to talk to the customers right and, um, that kind of forced me to, to do that. And maybe I never would have been that way myself, but that my first job as a software developer, that's all I did for like a year or two. So.
0: So maybe we should be putting more people in front of customers. All those people yeah. are probably cringing thinking about that, but it yeah. helped you out, right?
1: Yep. Soft, a lot of software developers are just, uh, they're very heads down logical people and they're a different personality. And uh, it's like, I, I always joke, like if you're inter- interviewing a software developer, like if they came in, like dressed very professionally, like, you know, uh, a suit and tie or a lady dressed very nice or whatever. it's It's like, I don't hire that person. Hire the one that came in dressed like a Jedi knight. Like that's that's the person. <laughs> usually the the weirder they are, the better yeah. they are. Just like they're usually weird personalities and <laughs> and have some very eccentricness to them and and those are usually like the smartest weirdest people, like just the nerds, right? The, it, it, there's some truth to that. Um uh they those are usually the best engineers in my experience.
0: Hiring tip number 1. <laughs> Higher,
1: the weirder, the, they are, the, the weirder they are, the better they are. Usually, better
0: they are. Yeah, very nice, very nice. So, so I'm just kind of encapsulating that. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question, just because I've been wanting to say this the whole all day. So, what is your superpower? What is it that makes people go, "Watson,
1: come quickly"? Um, you've never just, heard that before, have you? I just see things that other people don't see. Um, okay. And actually, I asked one of my colleagues the other day about. If, if she thought I would be better or worse at a couple of different, different things I was considering doing. And, and that was her feedback to me. She's like, I don't know why, but you just see things that other people don't see. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I think she's right. I just, you know, back to me being an engineer and being more product focused, I just see things differently. Like I'm the guy that walks in the room and notices the crack in the wall that somebody needs to fix. Like I just, I, I just perceive things differently and pick up on things and, that that makes for creating good products, like understanding what the users need to do and being able to make it all come together. I just would, see it.
0: Would you say, Matt, that it's um that you just are very curious?
1: I Is I that- am. I I love a good challenge. And um, you know, I'm yeah, absolutely. I I love building products.
0: It just seems to me that if you walk into a room and you see things differently, like I think that's a really good there's leadership. Tip number two, right? Number one, the weirder the better. But leadership number two is, you know, we have to see things differently, and so you can't look through the same lens. And you know, you've got to look at your people different than the projects and the things that they're doing. So to be successful in, in building a culture, to be able to stop and go, okay, let me just ask myself a few questions. And so, um, from from my perspective, I, I call that being curious versus being judgmental. Like, and a lot of times we'll be especially if we're using the left brain, very logic oriented stuff is right or it's not right. And so, so we're passing judgment, but to be in the leadership, it's the right side of the brain. And it's like looking at it from a different spec perspective and asking different questions and going, okay, why is that? Why is that like that? So I think just the questions that we ask, but I love that looking at things from that different perspective and for those of you that don't do that normally now, that's not your part of your natural way that your brain is wired. You can learn that. Um, just write down several questions. Just write down like 15 or 20 questions and, and look at those before you go to work. Uh, there, there's a really great book, Matt, um, called How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. I mean, you talk about a great founder and startup guy, right? He was a long time ago, but he used to just write journal after journal book full of just nothing but questions. And he just asks questions. So I think as leaders, you know, the the more curious we can be, um, the more we can find out how weird is that person, the more we can like look at different things and come up with different solutions, which has you propelled men- Matt in a long way.
1: You, you mentioned being like not being judgmental. And um, I think another really popular saying that people say is uh, like seek to understand before being understood. Mm -hmm. or whatever the saying is. And, um, I think that's a good one too. And I I think that's one I always struggle with and patience is not one of my best suits. And, um, I bites me all the time. I struggle with with my wife and and my kids and everything. Um, in the workplace, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Like my, uh, my lack of patience uh, causes me to drive other people that sometimes is needed like they need to be driven like i'm the guy in the executive meeting i'm like why the hell do we don't have this shit done stop making excuses let's go let's figure it out like I right. am that guy yeah which sometimes is really needed but sometimes is really bad right and so <laughs> in my marriage it can be really bad in the workplace if it's used the right way it can be really powerful uh as a manager it can be really powerful but it can also be bad right if you if you quick or if you're quick to pass judgment on things and you don't seek to understand before um, trying to be, being understood yourself, like I think it is a great tip and should be on the list of tips.
0: I love that. Tip number three, seek first to understand then to be understood. I believe that was Stephen Covey.
1: Yes. His seven habits. Yes, it's one of the seven habits.
0: So, um, you know, finding expert software developers, you know, finding the right people can be tough, right? And then, and then getting them to do the right things can be tough too. Uh, but it doesn't, finding these expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the full-scale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. I'm going to jump to... Uh, Got several, several questions uh, left, but um, so I'm going to ask for tip number four and I'm bad at math and and I don't follow detail very well as you learn. So I don't know if we've had three, but I think we have. So number
1: Counting's four. Counting's not math. <laughs> it's not.
0: When you have a brain like mine, counting and math are <laughs> on the same, same place. So if you could give our listeners, Matt, like one tip, like because in, in my opinion, you're kicking ass in a lot of different ways, right? And not just like getting in people's faces. But when I say kicking ass, like you're doing stuff that's like, hey, this is really great. If you could give a founder like one piece of advice to really kick ass when it comes to people, aside from the three that we've already done, what would just be like one thing that you're like, Frank, if you do nothing else, you got to do this?
1: Uh, I think the biggest, one of the biggest problems that most founders have, and really all managers, executives, a lot of people have, is learning to be good at delegating, Mm -hmm. learning, learning to be good at trusting other people and delegating. And a lot of people struggle with it. And it's its own skill. It's its own type of skill. Um, uh, And I'll say I've been guilty of this for a long time, right? I feel like, oh, it'd take me 10 minutes to do this, or it'll take me an hour to train somebody else to do it, right? And then I don't know if I trust that they can do it the right way. So I just keep doing these things, right? And for a long period of time, I was definitely very guilty of that. And I'm sure I can still be guilty of that today. But one thing I, somebody told me one day, and I don't really remember where it came from. It's like, you know, as leaders, a lot of times we wake up every day and we have a list of things to do. And it's great to, you know, start with that list of things to do. But the most important thing isn't the list. It's writing down who is going to do them next to the list. And focusing on delegating to other people, And I think that's the biggest challenge that a lot of entrepreneurs have is is just not learning to be good at delegating and trusting other people.
0: Yeah, because if you always do it yourself, you're not developing your developers, right? You're not developing your people. Yeah. So
1: you always have to do it. And then you get –
0: now you're limiting your growth.
1: Well, you talk about culture in a company, right? Like that's a key part to how you – you build that culture is like, as, as a leader, your job is to train everybody else. And and mm-hmm. that's part of the culture, right? That's how one of the ways that you build that culture is training them on how you want to do things. And, um, that, you know, shifting your mentality from I'm not a single contributor anymore. My job is actually to manage other people and train them. Um, and some of us struggle with that, you know, cause it's easy for us to be a single contributor and feel like we, we I, I I'm i definitely guilty of this in the past like I enjoy writing code because I feel a sense of accomplishment every day like oh I wrote this code right. and I did this thing where if I feel like oh I went to a whole bunch of meetings all day I don't really feel like I accomplished anything but what you might be accomplishing in those meetings it's really important is the culture the mentoring the training hiring mm-hmm. new people all those sort of things that are really critical to growing a business but you may not feel like you actually did anything that day <laughs> right right which is understandable right and so um but those can be the most important things especially for a business that's growing and needs to grow it needs to grow to be bigger than you right and i think as yeah. a young small companies that's the struggle is like you're trying to build something bigger than you and and you've got to slowly change that mindset
0: you know so so here's a little bit of my my nerdiness right so the concept that you're talking about we teach this a lot it's called chunk size Right? And it's actually how your brain is neurologically wired, and so you're born at birth, left uh, like left-handed or right-handed. You're also born either big chunk or small chunk, and so especially in the tech industry, you know we hire people because they're really good with the detail stuff, like you were just talking about. Yeah, right. But then it goes back to what you talked about earlier, where hey, you've got to be able to see things from a different perspective. Well, small chunk people are really good at the details, but looking at that bigger picture, looking two steps ahead. Their brains not naturally wired that way. They ha- that's something they ha- that's a skill set they have to yeah. actually develop. They have to learn, right? And I think that's one of the biggest things that I see is we put these small chunk people. Hey, you're really good at writing code, Matt. So now we're going to put you in charge of five people, but we don't necessarily give them the skill set, and we definitely don't teach them how to see the bigger picture. And we just kind of expect them to change. Big chunk people don't normally see the details, right? Like. Matt DeCourcy primarily a big chunk guy, right? He can <laughs> see the big picture, yeah, yeah. but getting into the details, not his expertise, which yeah. is why I think you guys make a great team. So I think it's, you know, part of it is like, okay, I've got to start to see that bigger picture as I'm running this organization. And so part of that is making sure the stuff gets done, but it's also developing my team as you are as you're sharing now. So that whole delegation piece. So for some of you, that's not going to come easy. That's going to be your big challenge, but I think that's, Kind of goes back to Matt's uh, was tip number two, which is to see things from that different perspective.
1: Well, and I think I think you highlight um, another common problem that a lot of companies have is is you have people that are great single contributors, and then you potentially promote them to another position that they are just not good at. They're not good at managing people. They're not good at operations. They're not good at. Managing people and driving results, like how do I manage this team and and make them more efficient and know what they're doing and, and get the results out of them that I can and all that kind of stuff. It's a totally different skill set. But mm-hmm. I think we're all, you know, think we're like climbing the corporate ladder of like you come in and then you're supposed to be promoted and do this or whatever. But it's a different skill set and it's a different job and and not everybody's cut out for it. And maybe some people can learn to do it, but definitely not everybody is gonna learn to do it.
0: Right. And not everybody wants to do it.
1: No, my dad didn't want, my dad's worked at Vin Solutions, a company I started for 17 years Mm -hmm. and is about to retire. He's never been a manager in the company at all. He's always been a single contributor and he's had opportunities to be like the team lead or the manager. And he's like, he didn't want to do it. He's like, I don't want to manage all these other people and babysit all their problems and deal with all the (laughs) bullshit. Like, he's like, just leave me alone and I'll do my work. And I don't want to deal with any yeah. of the other bullshit. And I can respect that. I respect yeah. it. And I I've, totally I've, love I've, it. I've got another, you know, another guy I work with now that he's a really good single contributor. He wants to be a manager, but his just personality doesn't allow it. Like he struggles with all those sort of things. And uh, I think that's really common in, in engineering because most mm-hmm. engineers are not necessarily very, they don't really have like really good people skills, really good communication skills and and they struggle to make that that leap. And honestly, I feel like this problem is only getting worse. I feel like I feel like uh, I have four kids. And, you know, they don't learn to socialize and talk to other people the same way because of computers and technology and all this stuff. And like, can't get my 13 year old out of his bedroom. Right? Like, I feel like this problem is just going to continue to get worse and worse in the workplace.
0: Yeah. I, I have a 10 year old, same thing. It's like we, we gave her a really cool room and now she's like, dad, I have a cool room. Why would I want to leave?
1: Yeah. So your think, stories, your stories now about kids, like they don't care about getting their driver's license and yeah. all these things. And like, it's the culture is slowly changing. I don't know about you, but when I would turn 16. I'd be 16 to drive in Missouri at that time. And it's like the day I'm there, like, let's go. I'm ready to drive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> my son's 13. He's like, dad, Here's the day and the hour I'm going to start driving because in Kansas at 14, I can start yeah. driving a car legally, right? He's, he's ready, like goes and sits in the car. And so I think there's still that. But yeah, I, I think we are promoting that with tech, which is why, you know, talking about culture and leadership and some of the things that we're talking about, I think we need to talk about it more um, uh, because that is becoming a problem. But at the the other side of that coin is I think our society says, hey, if you want to get ahead in life, you have to go into management right and and so i see this in a lot of companies it's like hey if you want to move up you got to go into management and we'll pay you more money and so now there's a thing called the dual ladder approach where it's like okay you can advance your career in management or you can advance your career staying on the tech side right and so i would encourage you if you're running your own business to kind of think about if you've got a really great programmer and they're really productive Maybe it's not in anyone's best interest to put them in a job that they don't want to do um, that they aren't very good at, right? So well, let's just play to people's strengths.
1: Well, and that's what's interesting. Talk specifically about software developers and their kind of career paths. They have a couple of different ways. They can become an expert at managing teams or they can become an expert at the engineering side and become mm-hmm. like an architect, right? And so software developers, their career path can go different ways. They can, they potentially go to, um, to, to the architecture side, enterprise architecture, you have like whole different kind of career path that way. But what's interesting about working in IT is you could also then be like, oh, I want to work on the product team or I want to be a project manager or database administrator or all these different roles. So that's what's cool about working with tech and tech is you potentially go a lot of different avenues. And um, one of my favorite stories is we had um, a support person that was doing like technical support for our product at Venn Solutions uh, eventually became a junior developer and then right. a software developer on the team. And then since left and co-founded a, a local company here in Kansas City called DealerQ, which is extremely uh, successful. Cool. One, of these, one of these days will we'll probably sell for over $100 million. Wow! And uh, to me, that's just like one of the coolest stories of like, you know, started as customer service, worked his way up you know, turn into a product expert, right. And understands the industry and spun out and started his own company. And like, that's cool. Like, I love seeing that. Like that, that is, that that's the best. That's my favorite.
0: That's the American dream,
1: right? It's the American dream. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Playing to your strengths, but by allowing our people to play to their strengths, it not only helped you in the business, but it also helped this person to now run yeah. and create their own thing
1: and that's why you have places like Silicon Valley that are so successful is that that happens over and over and over at a bigger scale than it does here in Kansas City, right? Like the the tree grows and it drops a lot more seeds and those seeds mm-hmm. go and grow kind of thing. Very cool. And that that creates the that kind of culture um that's different, right? In the in the tech space, right? In and the talent that it creates, the entrepreneurial spirit that it creates.
0: Awesome. So you guys, Matt's given you five or six tips. I would go back and, and uh, tell you what they are, but I didn't write them down. So <laughs> <laughs> I will learn from that. But I think uh, higher nerds, the weirder, the better, right? Uh, look at things from a different perspective. Be sure you delegate uh, and, and play to people's
1: strengths. Seek, seek to understand. I think that's another one. Seek too. to understand. Thank you. Yeah. Yes,
0: that was the fifth one I, one I of the
1: One of the seven habits. <laughs> So uh, we're
0: going we're gonna to finish things up, Matt. Uh, we have this uh, thing I call four fast from Frank. Uh-oh. Uh, just because I apparently love the letter F. Yes. All right. So four quick questions, just whatever the first answer is that pops into your mind. You ready? I'm ready. Paper or plastic? Paper. To relax, would you rather be by yourself or with a group of people?
1: Group of people. Your favorite cartoon character and why? Um, Mickey Mouse, I guess. Okay. I don't know okay. why. <laughs> okay. And your personal mantra or slogan? Uh, wow, I don't know. I must have a few of them that my wife would know the answer to this immediately, probably. <laughs> Words that you live by, perhaps? Um, Man, I don't know. All right. Um, uh, 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 Okay, I got one for you. It's written on my wall here. I'm going to go with this one. And actually, I think this is something that's helped me lately. Keep calm and play chess. (laughs) I've turned into a chess <laughs> I player that. i like to play- i like playing chess now, and and actually i think it's i think it's a good skill for anybody because it makes you slow down and think okay, and it's strategic right yeah, and if you're very strategic, I love it
0: all right so uh slow down, play chess, be like matt i think that that's my <laughs> slogan today okay, be, like, be matt. like matt I'll take that one yeah so uh as we uh wrap things up today uh, Matt, just thank you for joining us and uh this Man, I learned a lot. I love having the tips and learning some things from an expert. And uh, so before we uh, sign off, just another uh, thank you and another shout out to today's episode sponsor. Do you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders? Let FullScale help. We have the people on the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit FullScale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions then let our platform match you up with our fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers, testers, and leaders. At Full Scale, we specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. Matt, again, many thanks for your time and your energy. Love your answers. And uh, we will hear you on another podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for letting me be the guest guest today. I like it. All
0: right. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Startup Hustles brought to you by fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button. Then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.
1: Like, we do it.